Welcome, you're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Note. I am your host, John Marchalero, and this week my guest is Michael Gartenberg. Michael, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back. Um, going to be an interesting uh, topic this week. Yeah, this is your seventh appearance. Uh, for the listeners, you spent three years as Apple Senior Director of Product Marketing, reporting directly to Senior Vice President Phil Schiller, and you're currently a freelance writer, and you've become a regular guest here at Background Mode. Happy to have you back. It's great to be here. Today, I want to chat with you, of course, about your reactions to Apple's September 10th iPhone event. Why don't we just start with an overall picture? What was your uh, reaction to the content and to the tenor of the show? Um, it, It was interesting, and it's almost starting to feel, and maybe I've just been going to these things too long, that this keynote, um, you know, uh, presentation format may just be getting a little bit old, especially in the age of leaks. Um, and this was a case where, um, you know, the leakers, you know, what was, I guess, you know, put out there were not only wrong, um, but there were really no surprises. And one of the things that Apple was sort of famous for was this notion of surprise and delight. Um, and there really was no surprise. Um, everything was more or less as expected. Um, this was definitely uh, an evolutionary moment, um, not a revolutionary moment um, like we had with the introduction of uh, the original iPhone or iPad or iPod. Um, and, um, you know, new versions of iPhone expected, new versions of watch expected. Um, you know, it, there just wasn't a, a whole lot of there there, in my opinion. Um, Don't you think that contributes a little bit to uh, uh, negating any um, disappointment? Because I saw a rumor about a new iPad TV, and some, sometimes observers and customers sort of crank up a fantasy about what they think ought to be released. Like, oh, Apple's going to finally announce the availability of a Mac Pro. And then there's no Mac Pro, and everybody goes, "Oh, we're so disappointed." Isn't it? Is, don't you think it's kind of good that Apple didn't disappoint by kind of meeting our expectations? Well, it, it met expectations, but Apple was kind of used to um, you know exceeding expectations. Um, it would be that, yeah, sure, there would be a lot of rumors, you know, the Apple flying car and the Apple jetpack or the <laughs> Apple this or the Apple that. And, and, of course, they would almost always invariably be wrong. But then, you know, Steve would come on stage with something unexpected and people would go, well, we, we didn't get what, you know, what we thought we wanted, but we got this instead. And this is good. And we didn't know we needed um, it, but we do. <laughs> Exactly. Um, you know, that was sort of that was sort of like the hallmark of it. Um, don't tell us what you think you need. Um, we got you covered. We know what you need more than uh, what you do. Um, and this felt very scripted. And all of the keynotes are scripted. Um, you know, going back uh, to probably Steve's original first keynote, um, every everything is scripted. Every word is scripted. Um, but it always felt impromptu 
So even though you knew, or, or perhaps you didn't know, that there were teleprompters there, and everything was written in advance, and every word was chosen carefully, um, and you know every outfit was prepared, and, and you know nothing was left to chance, um, it, it felt spontaneous. Here it was almost um, like okay, you know, um, Tim's going to come out, and, and in fact. I think the biggest surprises to me was, you know, I sort of expected Tim to come out and, you know, announce some numbers um, that, you know, the market research team put together for him that would, you know, put Apple in, in you know, uh, the best light, you know, rank Apple against uh, the best selling watch, you know, next to Rolex or selling more watches than Rolex or whatever, whatever numbers that Tim comes up with. Um, figure there would be a gratuitous uh, shot or two at Android and Samsung, which there usually is. <laughs> Tim said they were going to dispense with the uh, preamble stuff. Right. And I was actually expecting um, a double down on privacy. Yeah, from I noticed that. I did not hear. I was really expecting, like, you know, Tim, to start off with, with two things. One, uh, the privacy issues, you know, where Apple has sort of, you know, uh, remained above it all. And then it turned out, well, maybe not so much um, in the sense that, uh, you know, um, things were plaguing Apple the way that it plagued uh, other vendors. Yeah, the well. recent Google discovery and Apple's uh, publication or, or press release on, on it and the reaction to it may have right. may have steered Apple away from discussing the matter altogether so as not to ruffle feathers, maybe. Right. Well, and then there was the issue of the labor issues, um, you know, in China that were reported. And what was really interesting is Apple didn't come out with the usual no comment. They didn't come out with, this is totally wrong. What they said was, well, it wasn't entirely right. Um, which, you know, I, I was expecting Tim to sort of clarify, um, you know, a couple of things and start off by saying, you know, privacy is the first thing at Apple. Our stance on privacy is so much better than everyone else's. You know, this is one of the reasons you trust us with 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 everything, um, you know, and, and you know, including uh, your, you know, your credit card. Um, and then, you know, perhaps a word or two how Apple is you know the greatest oh, yeah. in the world and no mention uh, no mention of right. the uh, signups for the apple well, card interesting nothing so no mention of numbers and to me um because there were numbers throughout the event um you know at various times but it seemed to me like if the numbers aren't good <laughs> don't talk about them um, <laughs> yeah that's true don't flaunt privacy if you've had issues. Um, you know, I think it was Winston Churchill, they say, who said, you know, don't complain, don't explain. Um, we're just not going to talk about privacy because it's it's got too many issues. Um, those labor issues and, and all of those other things, we're not going to talk about it. Um, they're just, we're going right into, um, you know, the products. So I thought that was interesting because I was really expecting, um, you know, some numbers and, you know, when Tim says, well, we didn't have enough time to get to the numbers. Well, yeah, the keynotes start off at around, you know, four hours when, you know, the first. You know, How many were. dress rehearsals do they do? Do you know? Um, well, you start off with um, each uh, group that is going to be presenting something, you know, um, the iPhone team, the watch team, whatever it is. Um, they put, you know, their series of 
slides together and their series of narratives together. Um, and all those people then get into um, a room and, you know, spend, you know, six or seven hours in there. Um, and you'll start off with each team presenting, usually to film and whatever, whoever the senior management team is, um, and getting feedback and, you know, saying, okay, now go back and, and, you know, delete this, change that, your message is wrong, et cetera. And it'll go through a series of iterations like that. Um, then, you know, uh, scripts will be written. Um, every word will be, you know, put up there on the teleprompter. Someone has to write. Um, do you they know, do a complete dress rehearsal from beginning to end for an hour and 45 minutes, or do they just sit, simply stick to doing it in pieces? No. Um, <laughs> then, then as you get closer, um, you start going through the dress rehearsals. Um, back in the day, you used to do them in town hall. Um, and you would start by doing the initial dress rehearsal there and refine. And eventually you would move to San Francisco and for a couple of days in advance, you would do all the dress rehearsals there. And, and, you know, remember there's all the stuff that goes on in terms of demos and lightings and backups, um, et cetera. And this one just felt like it was scripted. And, you know, to me, sort of it. Yeah, I know they're scripted. But it never felt that way. Um, I know when, you know, Penn and Teller are doing magic, I know that it's not real, but it feels real. Um, And to me, this just felt like it was a scripted event um, with products that were, um, you know, just nothing overly significant. I think someone said, you know, the the thing that that came out of this that was most interesting wasn't always on watch display. Um, the other thing that came out to me that was interesting is it seems like everything that Apple is doing is a service. Um, Apple wants to sell me stuff, um, on a monthly basis, news for $10, um, you know, video games for $5. Apple, what do you, what do you uh, think of Apple TV at four ninety nine compared to news and music at 10? Um, well, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, certainly. <laughs> Certainly music is, is priced comparably to um, other services like Spotify, um, you know, more or less within, you know, give or take a dollar or two, one way or other, whatever specials are going on. Of course, Apple has home court advantage because Apple Music is on every phone and I actually have to download a Spotify app. I have to, you know, leave um, the Spotify app and go on the web to sign up. It's certainly not as simple as those reminders that I keep getting on my iPhone, um, to keep trying Apple music for three months. Um, and so those things seem to be priced relatively well. Um, again, from the news perspective, if you're only using a fraction of what you're getting, it's a pretty good deal. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's out there. There's a lot of stuff that, isn't being sold in any other manner. If you're um, a magazine publisher for some of these, you know, publications, um, if you're people magazine, people probably aren't subscribing in the same numbers and it's worth it for you to be in that bundle. And if you're a consumer of people magazine and you use, you know, read two or three of those things in the course of a month, you're getting a good deal. Um, the wall street journal, um, for $10 a month, um, to get the bulk of it is a pretty good deal. So, yeah, if you're you know interested in news and magazines, the ten dollar um, deal is pretty good. The iPad is a really great reading device for it. Does four ninety nine uh, for Apple TV Plus reflect humility or a lack of uh, or, or awareness of the lack of content uh, well, and a, a, a sort of a sober response to the pricing issue compared to Disney? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're not seeing. Um, 
for example, with every new device you get, one year of you know um, the Apple Arcade. <laughs> it's just not happening. Um, you get a, you get a one month trial and it's over, or you get a three month trial of music and it's over, um, or you get a one month trial of news and it's over. You buy a new device, you're getting one year of Apple TV Plus. Um, that is a way of building up subscriber numbers um, in in a very very short, quick, and effective way, so that the next time Tim gets on stage, there will be numbers. Do you think it'll be an automatic sign-up where you won't have to take any user action? You go in, you buy a new iPhone, you register your phone with Apple, and poof, during the setup process, it says, hey, you're getting a year free of Apple TV, nothing to do on your part. Well, I you think it'll do it that way. I think it's going to be somewhere in between when Apple suddenly said everyone is getting a U2 um, uh, you know, um, album on their phone, <laughs> whether they wanted it or not. I remember that. <laughs> and people sort of like, you know, um, I, I really am not a fan of, of Bono, and why the hell does this thing show so, up so, on so my So maybe box? you'll have to check a box during the setup process right. on your phone. And since... Um, uh, it seems that you get a year free, and after that you get billed. At some point, uh, are you going to have to, you know, hand over a credit card? And hopefully, you know, Apple hopefully figures that you're just going to forget about it. You know, with the rest of all the stuff you pay every month, and you're just going to keep paying them. Um, you yeah, know, well, it will fall into the subscription file, right? Where you I can suspect, just go in there and just click a, you know, delete. Right. I suspect it's probably going to be, you know. Uh, Somewhere in between. It's not going to happen automatically, um, but you're definitely going to see it front and center as you're setting up your new device, um, you know, and, and you're going to get reminders about it consistently if you don't sign up for it. Um, Apple doesn't seem to mind um, violating its own rules about, you know, <laughs> notifications, um, pushing services when it comes to their stuff. And, you know, it, 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 someone once said to me that, you know, you, you don't give away what you can sell. Um, it's just not done. And it would seem to indicate that, um, there's not a lot of content. I mean, the stuff that we've seen so far, like I'm not seeing, you know, um, a house of cards. We're not seeing a, a catalog of, you know, the Star Wars universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, or, for example, the ability of Disney to say, you know, um, here's the Disney Plus content. And, you know, also we're connecting you to Hulu with, you know, hundreds and, 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 and thousands of, of, you know, TV shows and, and movies mm-hmm. and, and ESPN, you know, which is a pretty big draw for a lot of people. And, you know, Apple has, you know, uh, Jennifer Aniston in her first TV show since Friends. We, <laughs> so, don't, we don't know if there'll be a signature series yet. It's too early to tell, but uh, it could well, be I, one of them will snap with the public and become a signature series. It could it could happen. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you have, um, you know, uh, Ron Moore's, um, you know, science fiction show, and he's certainly had some hits, you know, going back to his Star Trek days and Battlestar Galactica. Um, you know, Apple was smart to uh, to sign him up, but at the moment, you just have a lot of unknowns, and you have some trailers, and you know, it's sort of like the movie. Sometimes you see the trailer and go, "Wow, it's going to look that looks like it's going to be a great movie," and then you go there and go, "Whoa, this is really bad." Um, or you can have a breakout, um, you know, where you know 
does it become the must thing where, you know, you want to sign up for Apple TV plus because you're going to want to watch, you know, one of those shows because that's the show everyone's talking about. Did, did the four ninety nine price for Apple TV Plus influence the pricing of Apple Arcade? In other words, it would have been unseemly to charge more for games well, than for the high quality theatrical content they're delivering. Or it may say something about the games. I mean, you know, gaming is sort of tricky, right? Gaming is a lot like the movie industry and it's a lot like the TV industry. Um, you know, there's blockbusters and, you know, for every, you know, Altos ad- adventure, there are, you know, a thousand other games that we've never heard about. Um, you know, for every Fortnite, um, there's a million other games that, uh, just, you know, go by the wayside. So, you know, which of these games are going to be hits? We don't know. Uh, and, what it appeared to me is a couple things. One, um, you know, certainly Sony and, and Microsoft and Nintendo executives could all sleep well at night. Um, this is not going to compete with anything that they're offering. Um, you know, this is entirely different. Um, the content, I mean, you know, they let off with Frogger. <laughs> it's like, like Frogger. Like that was that was your lead and, and up. <laughs> I don't pay too much attention to games, so I'll take your word for it that that was a bad idea. (laughs) Well, you know, it's an updated version of an arcade game from, you know, 1982. Um, Like, that's what you were going with? And the other stuff, again, (laughs) like, it was all stuff we haven't seen. I mean, I can see the appeal because the whole gaming situation on, you know, uh, iOS and, and Android for that matter has become a mess. Um, you know, you don't buy a game anymore. You download the game for free and then, you know, you can buy all sorts of other stuff that you need to actually play the game because the downloaded version is either so heavy with advertising, um, or is basically unplayable unless you buy more stuff that people get frustrated. Um, you know, it's not the question of I'll pay you a dollar for a game or $5 for a game or $15 for a game. I'll download, you know, the freemium model. And and that's just has gone differently. I mean, this whole downloadable content was about, okay, I have a game and now I've made a lot of improvements to the game. Um, but you know, I, the user paid for it once. And, you know, according to the rules, if I make changes and updates, they have to get it for free. Um, or I can just build it into a new game, but that annoys people too. Now they're paying twice. So the idea is, well, I've come up with like, you know, new levels to add or new characters that you can, you know, add onto the game that you bought. And if you don't, that's fine too. Um, and it turned instead into this crazy freemium model of, you know, downloadable junk, um, that's unplayable and Apple basically saying all these games are going to be, you know, full games and there's no in-app purchases. Um, and you know, certainly I could see some parents liking that model. $5 a month, um, you know, is, is less than, you know, the cost of buying a couple of games uh, a month. Um, but it's a question of what, what are the games um, and how well will they play? You know, Apple said these are all going to be exclusive titles. Well, exclusive titles doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, we're going to have to see more content. So far, they showed us three games, and of the three games, none of them were particularly groundbreaking in terms of 
you know, um, gameplay or, or innovation or, uh, you know, something, you know, radically different. Um, so, you know, for four ninety nine a month, um, it may be the type of thing where if you have kids and you've been, you know, the kids have been busy spending, you know, tons and tons of money on downloadable, you know, content and app purchases, um, you basically say, you know, here are the games that you can play and stop buying stuff. Yeah, the but, consumer psychology on that's going to be interesting to see yeah. how that plays out. But So we're but, going to have to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, when we come back in the second half of the show, I want to ask you about some specific products that Apple announced. But first, we have to take a break, folks. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Stay with us. I'm chatting with uh, Apple former senior director of product marketing, Michael Gartenberg. Stay with us. Today, our sponsor is Linode. Linode helps you design, develop, and deploy in the cloud. You can build dedicated CPU, distributed applications, hosted services, websites, and CI slash CD environments. If it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode. Linode is focused on simplicity, service, and value. The goal is to maximize the benefit you receive from your cloud by making it cost-effective to deploy robust compute, storage, and networking services that meet your ever-changing performance needs. Featured are native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and industry-leading processors. Pick from any of 10 worldwide data centers, including the newest in Toronto. Pay only for what you use with hourly billing across all plans and add-on services. Plus, 24 by 7 live customer support is always just a phone call away. You'll be able to deploy and maintain your infrastructure simply and cost-effectively. Plus, Linode's tools make it easy to provision, secure, monitor, and backup your cloud. To learn more, visit linode.com slash bgm. That's l-i-n-o-d-e dot com slash bgm. And receive a $20 credit when you use promo code BGM2019. Thanks, Linode, for being our sponsor. We're back. I'm chatting with Michael Gartenberg. So I want to ask you about some specific products. Um, For example, uh, this new 8th generation iPad. It's kind of a weird product. It has an A10 Fusion and it has 32 gigabytes of RAM. I understand how Apple has to keep the price down, but I was comparing that to the iPad Mini 5. And it pales in comparison. What, what do you think is going on with a, with a new base model iPad with a two-year-old processor and 32 gig of RAM? It sounds kind of weird to me. Yeah, I mean, it's important for Apple to set a you know, reasonable minimum standard of processor for developers. Um, you know, if um, the least common denominator, for example, is an A9 chip, that's what developers are going to go for. Um, so Apple is smart by keeping, you know, the A10 as the, you know, lowest processor in the line. So you think that's a good thing instead of an A- A11 or A12? Right. Well, I think it's the minimum. Um, it probably, you know, should have had an 11. I mean, this is um, the same chip, I think, that they put in the iPod Touch. Um, you know, it, and it basically just means that there's a minimum threshold for developers and a way to, you know, differentiate and keep the price down, um, certainly from the, you know, the, the pro models. Um, the price point, you know, keeping it low, um, you know, it, one of the things I was waiting for is this thing going to be priced relative, um, you know, to a Chromebook. And the answer was, yeah, um, especially for school pricing. It's 299 um, you know, it becomes an interesting, um, you know, alternative. Now, of course, 
um, you know, unlike a Surface, um, you know, that, that, you know, like a Surface Go or a Chromebook, there's no keyboard. Now, Apple is saying, sure, there's a keyboard available, but, you know, it's like a 159 keyboard for a 329 computer. I, there's something off there. I, I, I was like saying, well, why isn't there like a $49 keyboard accessory just for this? Here's um, the jackpot question. So does Apple have enough price elasticity here? that a sufficiently low-cost iPad with an older processor can make inroads against the Chromebooks, or is it, or is the pricing and the hardware still going to just sort of maintain the status quo in that area? Well, I think, you know, the pricing issues of, you know, multi-user, for example, remain, um, you know, behind. Um, probably the single most important thing that that, um, iPad brings is the ability with the new iPad OS to run um, Google Apps, um, Google Docs, Google Slides, all the things that schools have already adopted now will work through Safari on that device, which means oh, that it can. Does that by virtue of the desk class, desktop class Safari? Yeah, that iPad OS. Yeah, right. That in and of itself means that if I can run those applications that the school is already running, um, that there are some opportunities there. Uh, I think or, that's been overlooked in the media. Right. Yeah. Or there's the issue of, you know, I buy it for my kid in school instead of a Chromebook, and they can still do their homework on Google Docs, you know, with the collaboration tools and everything else, uh, because schools certainly are not adopting, you know, Pages and Keynote. Um, they're uh, adopting um, the Google stuff and mass and the native Google apps are, are kind of lame on iOS. Um, they're really designed for the Chromebook. So, you know, it was interesting that Apple pointed that out, um, you know, as a key feature of iPad OS that you can run, you know, Google docs. And at the time it was sort of like, wow, it's nice that I can run Google docs on this, you know, thousand dollar plus device. But, did I really buy it for that purpose? Um, right. And what it really came down to was, wow, okay, now that makes a lot more sense on this low-cost iPad that Apple can position to live with Chromebooks, um, not necessarily replace them because of this, you know, um, you know, desktop experience. But again, the question comes back as two ninety-nine. Well, that's competitive until you add in the keyboard, which is like fifty percent of the cost of the device. Um, which you kind of really need to use it in any type of education setting, and then throw in you know another hundred dollars for the pencil or whatever uh, you know the uh, education price is, and all of a sudden you're 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 kind of back up there again yeah. to yeah. five dollars, and you know you're not getting state of the art for that. Whereas if you spend six hundred dollars on a Chromebook, you're going to get pretty much a state of the art um, Chromebook, state of the art processor, um, etc. But, you but that know, gives us a little bit of insight into why we have iPad OS. Right. And the other thing about it is, um, you know, <laughs> as much as it's a, you know, magical piece of glass, most of the people who buy iPads, the magic they use is to consume content. And you don't need an iPad Pro um, to watch Netflix or Apple TV Plus um, or to check your email. Um, so, you know, it gives new life. Um, to iPad, it gives it another reason, you know, for iPad 
um, you know, to exist. It's another differentiation between, um, you know, the pro line. And it seems like, you know, everything that Apple does now has to have a pro version. Um, so there's, you know, some pretty good differentiation. And if you want an iPad, um, you can get one. And, you know, I, I think almost everyone in the industry um, would agree that the best tablets that are out there are apples um that you know it's not even a question if you're looking to uh, you know buy a tablet device um and you don't buy an ipad you're almost certainly going to regret it unless you're buying mm-hmm. it yeah, or, yes, you know, you know. Yeah, the 99 dollars seven inch android that i can buy at my local drugstore um, which <laughs> literally tablets buy you know for, for 75 dollars um, even Google has gotten out of the tablet business. They got into it for, you know, what would appear to be an hour and a half. And they already said, we're not doing it anymore. Um, we're not making any more tablets. And that kind of, you know, tells you something. Um, iPad is the gold standard. iPad pro is, is the platinum standard. Um, but probably overkill for a lot of people who aren't going to use it to its potential. Um, Apple still has never quite articulated, what the iPad is other than a magical piece of glass at times it's, you know, a computer. They work pretty hard. It seems to me for, uh, sometimes to emphasize the ability to do creative work. I know Serenity Caldwell has demonstrated some videos in the past of how fantastic creativity is available. If you're good enough and you understand how to exploit it, but you have to right. really work hard to exploit that ability to do creative work and understand the file app and understand uh, how to use the app and, and to interact with other apps it takes a lot of right. work to do that on a mac it's like you do it in your sleep right i mean you know serenity is an example of a person you know it, it, to me is sort of like you know giving a professional photographer um you know an iphone and having them take great pictures um you give serenity you know uh, some tin cans and string and she's going <laughs> to find a way to edit and, and, and make them look fantastic. Um, you know, she's the person that did um, her review of an Apple Pencil with an Apple Pencil. Yeah, um, I know. It was crazy. So not um, things for mere mortals. Mere mortals, like us. <laughs> uh, right. So, you know, the, you know, at some point we've seen commercials for the iPad as, you know, a computer, which has always been the question of, you know, Apple has never really come up with a purchase decision that says, when should I buy an iPad Pro? When should I buy a Mac? Um, like, what are the drivers? Um, and they've never really been clear about that. They're still not clear about it. Maybe they think um, you'll overspend uh, in, a, in a mad case of hubris wanting to have well, the best and you'll spend more money than you need to. Yeah, or, or, right, or you'll get, you know, one of everything. You know, one Apple product is great, two, <laughs> two is even better, you know, three is um, ecstasy. But if you go back and remember, there was a commercial that Apple did. It's just, this was when I was there, and it was a commercial like of all these cool things you could do with iPad um, that was narrated by Robin Williams, um, and it had like you know people scuba diving with iPad and people like running wind farms and someone in a yurt, and and and, and it was just sort of amazing, and it, it ended up being a flop. Only because people looked at the commercial and said, wow, that is like so cool. Boy, I never do any of those things. Uh, <laughs> I, guess, I guess if I if I ever ran a wind farm or, or, or slept in a yurt or, or, or was a scuba diver, this would be a great thing for me. Uh, but, well, well you know, they have to be inspirational, too. You know? right. Well, and I think that's one of the things that kind of got lost in the keynote for me again was um, Apple keynotes used to be aspirational. 
inc- I mean, and that was a gift of, of, of Steve's period. Um, you know, I remember when, you know, Steve introduced, you know, the, the different iLife applications as they were called back then and showed like the things that you could do with iMovie. And you're thinking, wow, like the only thing separating me from doing those things is a copy of iMovie. Um, or at the garage band introduction, um, when they had, um, I think it was John Mayer performing and he's saying how he used garage band. And I'm thinking, sitting there and literally thinking the only thing that is separating me and him is a copy of garage band. And, if mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and, you know, it was that like super aspiration that said the only thing standing between me and that is getting a copy of this thing. And, you know, it feels lately that the aspirational aspect of aspect of Apple stuff is falling flat. Um, well, you know, there was that mission statement that Tim concluded with at the end of the event. He said, our mission at Apple has always been to design products that empower people and enrich people's lives. And it, throughout the event, it seemed to me like the demonstration of the hardware and those videos that they use even more and more nowadays to punctuate what you can do with the device are trying to tell that message. I remember there was a I there was an Apple Watch commercial in the middle of the keynote that uh, that was basically the theme was the Apple Watch tells time, but it does all these other things. And I started ticking right. off to myself and I said, "Do I am I exploiting my Apple Watch as fully as I could be?" You know. So I, I think well, the, the the presentation yeah. by the people may not have done it. But those videos certainly create a sense of aspiration and and appreciation for the tools that Apple gives us, don't you think? Right. It, it was more of a reminder that says, you know, your Apple Watch does more than give you notifications um, <laughs> and, 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 and tell the time. Um, that your, um, you know, your, your iPad can do things. Apple was, was definitely showing off. Um, and I think that goes back to, you know, if I buy a device... Um, like an iPad and I'm using it to its abilities, then I feel like I've got my money's worth. If I buy an iPad and all I do is watch content, you know, Netflix, I'm not inclined to buy a new one um, because the old one's working fine. Um, If I'm not using the Apple Watch to its potential, then my Series 1 Apple Watch, as long as the battery holds up, I'm just going to keep using it. And, you know, that I hear that over and over again. Like the one that I bought is just good enough. I don't see reason to buy a new one. Um, you know, if I were buying, yeah, maybe I would buy that one. Um, but I see no reason to upgrade. Um, iPad has had this issue for years. Um, you know, people buy it and they're whatever version, whatever iPad they bought, they're still using. You have to have um, a kind of an exploratory frame of mind. Not everybody has got the experience and the technological savvy to dig into their device and say, well, you know, how can I set up shortcuts? How can I right. do if this, then that? How can I do all these cool things that, is, that a machine is capable of doing? That requires attention and study. That's not something right. people tend to do. They'd rather watch an NFL game. Right. Well, Apple used to be very good at making the complex simple. Um, or at least they used to do a good job of making the complex appear simple. You know, um, when I tried, you know, being John Mayer with GarageBand, my, it didn't career didn't exactly take off as a musician uh, it turned out there maybe there were a few other things that were standing between me and him other than garage band but at least it was something i could aspire to at least to the level that i could reach it i was never going to be him um but i was able to do things that i couldn't do before and there was a learning curve i could do something 
um, that I couldn't do before. Maybe I couldn't do everything and then I could do something more and then, then, you know, kind of, you know, you know, graduate onto other things. Now it seems to be like, you know, we're handing you this thing and, you know, unlock your creativity. And the other problem is, and you talked about this a bit, is the idea of, you know, unleashing the creative process. Here's the thing. Most people don't create, um, you know, they're not creators. Uh, there's a reason we call people consumers because they consume other people's stuff. Um, most people aren't, you know, writers and they're not, you know, songwriters and they're not animators and they're not videographers um, and they're not photographers. Um, you know, they, they don't take photographs. They take snapshots. Uh, they don't take videos. They take, you know, snippets of video and, and share it on know instagram or or snapchat um they're not video producers who are going to shoot you know 4k videos in high res edit it on their devices and and put it out well yeah that's done in the car industry too you know the the car companies would have you buy a corvette or a mclaren or a lamborghini and spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on a car and it can get it can go 200 miles an hour and you cruise around in a 55 mile an hour speed limit you know, right. but the fact that you could go two hundred it just is maybe worth the two hundred thousand if you've got the money to spend. Well, I've, I've got a burning question for you before we run out of time. Yeah. Why was Phil Schiller's shirt tucked in? <laughs> Mister um, Mister Untucked Shirt came out on the stage with a shirt tucked in. I was gassed. <laughs> yeah, it, it was sort of like, um, you know, uh, I think it was John Gruber who used to keep track of who was tucked and untucked. Um, and I, I think, honestly, <laughs> it had to do with the fact that, um, how do we say this without body shaming anyone, that some people just didn't look good with their shirts tucked in. Yeah. Um, you never saw Craig Federighi with a... I can't believe we're talking about this. An untucked shirt. He had no reason to, uh, you know, to tuck in his shirt. <laughs> you know, sometimes um, it was things were better and left, um, you know, untucked. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. he used to, you know, tuck in his turtlenecks and, you know, wear them with his belt, his jeans and his New Balance sneakers. Um, but, yeah, and, and you know, for, certainly the style at Apple for the most part was, um, I can definitely tell you, at least when I was there, it was an untucked culture. Um, being a person who, um, you know, usually tucked their shirt in before I went to Apple, uh, I became one of the untucked crowd on the other hand. <laughs> I also gained a significant amount of weight while I was at Apple, so that might have also accounted for the untucked nature. But, yeah, Phil was um, definitely tucked in. That was his um, usual, you know, green keynote shirt you know i think that's his lucky keynote shirt um that was out there and um yeah i i think the age of of you know tucked and untucked um is over um we we didn't see people introduced by their full name or title it was just you know um here's cayenne here's stan um you know we we didn't actually know who these people were Um, i know people busy, you know, tweeting out, you know, who they were and what their roles were. Um, I did think it was amusing, at least, uh, maybe at least in my ears, when, um, you know, Tim called up Greg Joswack, who goes by Jaws, and I kind of sworn he said Jaws. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I was like really expecting to see like a shark on stage. And I said, wow, that would be great, like Sharknado, and, you know, like we'll do something. Um, but it was a straightforward, you know, straightforward keynote. It was meat and potatoes. Um, here's the stuff. Um, here are the new hold, cameras. Hold the holding pattern. 
Focus on the cameras. Yeah. Wait for 5G. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. here's the cameras. Here's, here's, you know, Midnight Green. Um, you know, that that's a new color. Um, and here's what happens when you give professional photographers our devices and professional, you know, cinematographers our devices and the great stuff they can produce. And I'm thinking, you know, you give me a, a, a like a cue and my pictures are still going to look like I took them, um, you know, on an iPhone. <laughs> you give me an iPhone and my pictures are going to look, you know, <laughs> I'm not taking those pictures. A professional photographer, I mean, someone's told me I can, you can give them like, you know, an old Kodak Instamatic and they're going to take beautiful, brilliant, beautiful picture. Um, I'm not going to take those pictures, and I'm certainly not going to do video. I mean, editing videos is extremely complex. I know once I, I was given the task of um, creating and editing a 30-second commercial, and I thought it was going to be a piece of cake, right, 30 seconds of video. Um, it, it takes, like, weeks to get a good 30 seconds of video that you would actually show people beyond like, you know, a clip of, you know, your baby yeah, standing up. Yeah. It be done in 4k. Um, and it seems to be a spec war, you know, Apple saying we have three cameras and Samsung saying, we also have, we have a wide camera and a, and a telephoto camera and, you know, a, a creative studio, um, in, in your hand that's out there. Um, the other thing that it seemed that again, Apple was downplaying pricing. Um, you know, and I, I was like, they actually used the term, you know, for one low monthly price, <laughs> one low monthly fee. I'm like, this is like buying a car. Um, you know, you can have for one low monthly fee this, you know, $1,000 iPhone for only, you know, X dollars per month. And Well, they've got to know, do something Apple- to get people excited. The, the big camera lenses. Do you know what those camera covers are so big? Is that part of the lens system or is that just a bigger cover plate? Do you know? I don't know. It's probably part of the lens system in order to make it work. On the other hand, um, like if you look on a Note 10, Samsung has three cameras and they're just, you know, three cameras sitting there and they're not out there like that. So it may have to do with Apple technology. Um, it may have to do with design. Um, certainly, for example, we're seeing the impact, the first impact of, of Johnny Ive not being involved. Yeah, um, yeah. First, Apple is not concerned about, um, we did not hear about how these were the thinnest phones in the entire world. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They give you better battery life. Better battery still. life. Actually. People cared for better battery life over a thinner phone. You know, yeah, what, what do you know? people have been complaining about for years, yeah. Um, and, and again, but some of it was just sort of, um, you know, they didn't announce numbers, you know, it's like, we're going to give you an hour's more battery life than we gave you last year. But last year they said, we're giving you another hour's battery life over the year before. And like, what's the baseline that we're talking about? Like, (laughs) I don't think there'll be websites that'll look into that and give us numbers. I just don't think they even used the word all day battery life. Um, oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Then I stand correct. I thought I didn't hear it. And like when they were showing like the specs on the processor, um, you know, and, and how far ahead Apple was. And I'm saying, well, that's great, but there's no scale. Um, so I have no idea how big a leap that actually is. You know, someone could show me that this phone is 30 percent thinner than another phone. And they're talking about a millimeter. Um, what's the differential in the speed and what difference, you know, is that going to make? 
And once again, you know, Apple showed us the you know this year's you know Infinity Blade demo. Um, you know, that's going to run on the device. Some you know game that that will somehow showcase the architecture, but also is going to run on an A10 iPad as well because that's the baseline. Uh, so there was you know, like I said, there were no numbers up front, but then there was you know graphs and charts. Um, at one point, I know when they got into uh, some of the specs, uh, you know. Like, that sounds incredible. I have no idea what he just said. Um, my eyes just glazed over. Um, you know, we now have the, what is it? The super in super res XDR display, um, or the super retina X. I mean, just running out of, uh, out of, you know, superlatives and adjectives to describe these things. Um, and I thought it was like, parts of it were just so spec heavy in, in a world where consumers just are not going out there and I mean, they're not buying PCs that way anymore um, where performance matters. I mean, people stop talking about, you know, the chips and the feeds and speeds. It's really just a question of how much storage is there on the phone, um, you know, that I can get there. How big is the screen? Um, no one is talking about the performance of the GPU on their phone. Um, and, and well, certainly it was no demoed consumer. with those games. You know, you look at the games right. and you go, this is a powerful GPU. If it can do that kind of game, that's all I need. Right. But that game is also going to run on that low, lowest end iPad um, with an A10 because it has to. Well, <laughs> so maybe uh, there are, there's no content that says this only runs on an iPad Pro. This only will run on an iPhone yeah, Pro. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, it's, it's a good way to showcase. But then you think, like, is it really going to be awful if I played this on an iPhone, you know, 10R from last year? Um, you know, someone said, and, and I agree, Apple has just kind of, you know, diminished the word pro. It's, you know, I guess for so many years, they said Apple ignored the pro market. Now the word pro is on everything. I mean, the only thing that we don't have a pro version of yet is Apple Watch, and that's got to be coming. Um, well, I mean, it, it does a couple things. It, does, it helps justify the price and, sure. and, the, and the pro features, which I was kind of... Uh, wondering about myself before the presentation uh, came out in terms of software. So I, I think they demonstrated that with the right kind of, with their software, you can bring out the capabilities of these cameras and do pro-like things. If you're trained and if you're of a mind to do it and you want to exploit it, it's the McLaren issue again. Right. It, it, it just felt weird to slap. Like I, I always thought, you know, my kids were professional phone users because they spent so much time on Snapchat. <laughs> And, and, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and Facebook, I mean, wow, I mean, these kids are pros. Um, you know how to use Snapchat. I mean, you're a professional. Um, it, it just seemed odd. You know, who is, who is like, I know who, who, who the professional, you know, uh, uh, you know, Mac Pro. I understand who the professional is. I might even understand the professional case for a MacBook Pro. Um, well, they had but, to do something to get away from the X, from the 10R, the 10S, the 10S Max, the Alphabet yeah, Soup. Right. The Alphabet Soup was killing them. Ken right. Siegel and, and, wrote an editorial recently about that. That did you, you know you you write X S and you expect people to pronounce it ten S? Come on. I, I don't know anyone um, who ever pronounced it as ten. It was the iPhone X, particularly when you yeah, put that was a, that was a disaster. Numeral, right, a Roman numeral followed by um, an, an alphabetic <laughs> character um, is always going to be read, and particularly if you're thinking, you know. XS, it sounds like excess, and that it's something that they did on purpose. And Listen, we're going to have to wrap up the show. 
All right. So we're well, running out of time here real fast. A lot to talk about. And, you know, I'll just say one thing to everyone who was expecting stuff that wasn't out there. It's only September and the very beginning of September. There's plenty of time between now and holiday um, buying season for um, Apple to produce stuff that we might not have seen. And, you know, maybe there is going to be one more thing or perhaps two more things um, that will um, make people, uh, you know, feel a little more excited than perhaps they felt um, after yesterday's event. But again, meat and potatoes, Apple delivered what everyone was expecting um you know they're going to sell a lot of devices they're going to come up with a lot of ways you know to try and convince you to buy one or trade in your old phone um and of course use your apple card to do so um and um you know this is um the beginning um but i think that this may be and, and and hopefully will be um, the last time Apple uses this particular format, it's a format that has worked before. It was a format that was tailored for Steve because Steve created it. And, you know, trying to bring more people into it, more people on stage and giving, you know, more and more, you know, access to other Apple employees. And it's just feels to me like, again, for the first time, it just felt as scripted as I know it was. We'll have to see how that goes in the future. Absolutely. And so, uh, thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me again. So and, it's a pleasure uh, to have you on. You are so full of insights and and tell us so much about how Apple thinks. And I really appreciate your insights and observations about Apple. Thank you. Well, as everyone knows, I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> Michael, tell the listeners how they can contact you if they wish. Uh, sure. You can um, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Gartenberg. Um, or um, if you uh, feel like sending me an email, you can always reach me at Gartenberg uh, at gmail.com. Um, keep those cards and letters coming, folks. Okay, great. Folks, you've been listening to John Martellaro and Michael Gartenberg on the Mac Observer's background mode. We'll see you again next week.